Have I got a treat for you. I was talking with Armand and he asked me to look up uh, chess competition and the cheating. Cheating? Uh, yeah, yeah, you probably like this one. They cheat a lot or is it one specific cheating episode? Basically, there was the, a competition where the grandmaster was beaten by this like 19-year-old upstart. So... I'll give you the article I read about it. It's from Tweaktown.com. From where? Tweaktown.com. Tweaktown? Tweak. Tweaktown. By Anthony Garefa. He says, The world of professional chess is experiencing what appears to be the biggest scandal in the history of professional chess. Really didn't need to put the redundancy of professional chess twice. Professional chess. Not that amateur chess that you play at the park. We're talking professional chess. Apparently so. One of the best chess players of all time, Magnus Carlsen, withdrawing from a major 350,000... His name is Magnus. Magnus. Sounds like a, like, evil, like, superhero nemesis. Like an evil condom company? (laughs) Withdrawing from a major $350,000 tournament, and Elon Musk says it's all about anal beads. What? (laughs) That was my reaction, too. (laughs) (laughs) I thought we were talking about chess here. So the guy says, yes. Yeah, I wish I wasn't being serious, but Elon Musk has pulled millions upon millions of eyes onto the situation, myself included, which made me do a bit of research into what exactly appears to be going on. The Cinque Field Cup is one of the biggest chess tournaments in the world, getting the attention of the world's best chess players. So Elon Musk tweeted a quote from Arthur Schopenhauer, German philosopher, talent hits a target no one else can hit. Genius hits a target no one can see. And then in parentheses in his tweet, Elon Musk put, because it's in your butt. This is in reference to the claims that the 19-year-old used anal beads during the chess tournament, following it up with a tweet that the most entertainment, I think it should be entertaining outcome, is the most likely. I'm very confused on the anal beads and how this is considered cheating or what, how I'm confused. So the... Chess champion mm-hmm. Hans Niemann. Oh no, it's American 19 year old chess champion Hans Niemann defeated Carlson, Magnus Carlson, with the black pieces on the chessboard at the tournament and something described as a ridiculous miracle. So then Carlson, the grandmaster, pulled out of the chess tournament. He pulled out. And then he sent a tweet of a video of whoever the hell Jose Marino is saying, If I speak, I am in big trouble. No one knows what he means, and this is where Musk tweets step in. Now, how does Musk have, like, the inside uh, scoop on the chess tournament? He's just weighing in on how he might have done it, because everybody's speculating on how he might have done it. So basically, the idea is that the anal beads could send signals to him. Like, they could, like, remote control, like, maybe, like, Morse code or something, tell him where to move his pieces. And so he could use like an AI or cheat using the computer 
to defeat this guy. Oh my god. Is this like a, a actual theory? I mean, Elon Musk put it out there. It sounds crazy, but it sounds like within the realm of possibility. Obviously, the, the world chess champion, they're saying this guy doesn't usually like withdraw. Like, this guy, he's a serious competitor. He's fierce. He doesn't give up. Like, he's leaving because he thinks cheating's going on. It's pretty convinced that he was cheated. So they're trying to, like, figure it out. But I guess the idea is that anal beads wouldn't be detected by anything they're being scanned with. And that they can be communicated. So Armand is the one who brought this story up to me. Of course he did. Of course he did. And I was kind of like speculating, like, this is just really weird. So I, I called him and talked to him about it. Yeah, I read the story. I'm reading a little bit about it. He thinks that it's not Elon Musk coming up with the actual solution. That it's like Elon Musk Provided sort of, the anal beads. No, no, like winking at it, but like... That it's not anal beads, that it's Neuralink. That this guy has a Neuralink. But Elon Musk isn't going to come out and say, oh, we put a Neuralink in this guy. He's going to just kind of like wink at it. Like a gaping butthole. Okay. I don't know. I just I thought that was Makes a fascinating Makes a lot more sense take. than anal beads. I, mean, I guess so. I mean, if you're really desperate to win, I mean, it might even be kind of pleasurable. <laughs> oh, Yeah. I mean, that is some chess right there. It's like, you think chess is boring. I mean, if you have to shove beads up your ass to make it fun. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, you got a hot take on it? I I don't have a hot take on it, no. That's as, about as hot as it gets, I think. So this 19-year-old has admitted cheating in the past, and he admits he cheated for profits on a mega-popular chess website, chess.com. So he's a known cheater, but he hasn't been caught cheating in he's any He's a like, known cheater and they allow him in this chess tournament? I guess he hasn't been caught in any like real chess tournaments, like in the real world. It doesn't matter. Yeah, you would think, I, I could see why the, the Grandmaster is a little bit pissed. Like AI can beat like our best chess players now, I believe. I don't know. I just feel like AI is ruining our lives. Do you? Yeah. What about that competition in... Colorado, where the AI won the digital. I think that that's fucking cheating, and that's not fair. Like AI wants to have competitions, AI can have their own competitions. And humans don't participate. Just AI. Yeah, just AI against AI. But I mean, if the AI is making better art, well, then what are what what is our worth then if they can do everything better than us? Maybe the AI is going to come to that same conclusion. And it just goes into the matrix, and they just fucking farm us. I sound too. Looks like we're pretty much at the same volume. Okay. That's probably good. I don't want to be. I'd rather be relaxed. Because I'm going to get back. You just have to have it like equidistant. So we can talk. Yeah, because it's going this direction. Instead of up here. So I think we've already started the podcast. We did? Pretty sure. Wait, all this is going on to the podcast? Yeah, so we're not. Because it's completely unprofessional. (laughs) (laughs) 
as opposed to our regular podcast content. Very professional. Completely unprofessional. You were talking about. I'm not prepared. I didn't know where to start. Scott Peterson. No, he never got called as a witness, though, by the way. Oh, what a shame. Uh, actually. Um, no, I was talking about the Kristen Smart murder investigation and trial of Ruben and Paul Flores. So? So, deliberations have begun in the Paul Flores as of this afternoon. And uh, he has, hopefully, is going to get what's coming to him. So, come on, there's more. You were getting so riled up, like, 15 minutes ago. <laughs> it's all out of my system now. you got to ask me questions to get me riled up again. So, why are you, were you so riled up? <laughs> I was just riled up about his defense attorney, who appears to be a total moron. But I have a feeling that it's all just uh, an act in order to get a mistrial. All right, well, let's get some quotes. Get yourself so, angry. All what, right. what was it that set you off so badly the first time? How about that? Okay, one is the victim shaming, which he's been doing since day one, where Kristen Smart is considered a slut and a engaging in risky behavior because she was at a college party drinking a beer underage, and she was wearing board shorts. This was in 1996. Board shorts were the height of fashion at that time. Everybody wore board shorts. That is not a slutty outfit. And even if it was a slutty outfit and she drank a beer underage at a a college party, so fucking what? Does that mean she deserves to get murdered and raped? No. I would say no. So let's let's start there with the victim shaming. That's my number one on on my list against this uh, attorney. So basically, just attorneys are scum. This one is so. What my thing is, this guy supposedly was um, a defense lawyer for Michael Jackson during his whole child molestation uh, lawyer. He's not. He he can't be that much of an idiot as he's coming off in this trial. So my thoughts are that he's just playing some little game, playing a part so that they can get a mistrial. Maybe he is that stupid. I doubt it. I can't imagine that he could possibly be. No, I think he's getting paid to be that stupid. You're right. He's just like, he's obnoxious. He's, he makes these like attempts at jokes that are just like not funny like nowhere near funny that just are like what the hell are you talking about half the time his ramblings he's never prepared he's always like oh well uh, i didn't know that i was gonna have to present this quickly uh let me get my laptop fired up oh just give me a few minutes and he's always rifling around for paper like he never has anything prepared properly and ready to go on anything anyway I, I mean, I digress. Yeah. Okay. So he's not the most scored away lawyer, but that is also possibly like a tactic, like showing sort of contempt for the court, as if like, oh, this is a silly charge in general. Like, oh yeah, murder is a silly charge. No, the idea that there's like no body—that's like what his why why he would be doing that. I'm trying to like understand. It almost reminds me of like the Alex Jones trial. So one of the main things is two, um, there were two witnesses that testified 
that Paul Flores uh, drugged and raped them. Okay. And this was at various points after Kristen Smart was murdered. I'm going to say murdered because I am not in the trial. I don't need to say alleged, do I? I can just say what I think. It's my opinion that she was murdered. Well, I, I don't know. I guess you could say she was murdered, but you can't say who murdered her. I don't know how it works. This is difficult. Anyway. Nobody's listening anyway. It's no okay. one's listening. <laughs> the two women that testified, even though he's not being charged with their rapes at this time, the jury must first find him guilty of those crimes in order to use their testimony as evidence to convict him on murder of Kristen Smart. Does that make sense? So even though he won't be um, necessarily tried for those, they have to be like, yeah, you you raped these two women as establishing a pattern of behavior that he's been doing this for years. And Kristen Smart was just one of many, um, but unfortunately was the only one that met her end that we know of, that we know of. (sighs) Heavy stuff. Yeah. So I would say even if they disregard that that evidence, like they can't come to a conclusion on that and they have to disregard it as evidence, that the other very strong evidence is the cadaver dogs and the soil testing underneath the father's porch. Both of those two things I feel are very strong. And I'm hoping they can come up with a conviction based on that. I know we've talked about the trial before, but I don't know at what point in the trial we were at. I can't recall. Do you think it's in bad taste to go is, what's this guy for Halloween? Oh, I would say so. I mean, he's nothing special. Like, nobody would, like, he's just... So it's kind of like going as Jeffrey Dahmer. It's a very poor It's not like Jeffrey Dahmer, because that's, like, more of a period look. So, like, you could have the little glasses... Like, kind of get a look like him where he'd be recognizable. But this guy's just like, I don't know. Nobody would. You would just look like you're just wearing clothes out in the world. Um, Yeah. So, also, I think it would be poor taste, yes. I mean, there's a part of me that feels like you should make these people the villain. But I don't think that's making them a villain. I feel like that's making them more of like a hero, like, like celebrating, celebrating them, them. Yeah, I think it's yeah, not a good good look. You can only celebrate fictional murderers like Jason or Freddy or something like that. Fictional murderers acceptable. Yeah, Chucky. It makes sense. Yeah. So anyway, if you'd like me to touch on those other two pieces of evidence, I'd be glad to do so. Let's touch on those other two pieces of evidence. All right. So the other two pieces of evidence are the cadaver dogs who have been trained to basically alert at the scent of decomposing human remains. There do not have to be human remains present. If there had been human remains decomposing in that location, the dog would alert to it because the smell is still there strong enough for them to sense 
They've also been trained not to alert to such things as menstrual blood, other dead things. So if there was like chicken or beef or some kind of meat, they're not going to alert to those. They've been trained to ignore those things. Three, I believe it was three separate cadaver dogs um, had been brought within like a couple weeks after the supposed murder had taken place, were brought to the dorm rooms where it supposedly took place. And so like the dorm rooms, I'm not exactly sure of the entire setup, but from dorms that I have seen, there's generally local like kind of communal area and then hallways off of that where all the individual bedrooms are and bathrooms and such down these hallways okay so you would think in a giant dorm there's probably there's lots of people in here there's probably lots of meat lots of women on their periods stuff in trash cans lots of things that dogs an untrained dog would be interested in sniffing however these cadaver dogs are trained only to alert to scent of human decomposition so, in the general entrance area, and also these three dogs were brought in at separate times. They were not there at the same time, like, watching each other do their job kind of thing. I've heard these dogs are not, like, an exact science. So I'm... They're not an exact science, but that's why there's three. So, one dog was brought in, sniffs around, basically sniffs at each door. All the doors are shut, but, like, goes down the hallway, sniffing at the doors, and just continues down. Once the dog gets to Paul Flores' room, it alerts at that door. They let the dog into the room. The dog immediately goes to the left side. I believe it was the left side of the room where Paul Flores' bed was. Alerts at the corner of the bed at a specific location so on that the bed. decomposing and, body on the bed. And then alerts at the trash can. Damn. That dog is, is brought out. A second dog comes in. Same exact thing. Okay. A third dog is brought in. Same exact thing. Alerts at the same exact locations in that room, at that room, nowhere else in the building. So that's a little bit like, okay, if it was one dog, but three dogs, all exactly the same. Okay. To me, I feel that's beyond a reasonable doubt. That's proved. That's evidence. I mean, that's pretty solid, but it's not that solid, right? Like So there's that. Okay. There's also dogs that were brought to Ruben Flores' uh, home. Ruben Flores is Paul Flores' father. The body is supposed, supposedly had been buried underneath his deck and has since been moved. I believe there was a dog that also alerted at that deck location. So there's also evidence they tested soil. They did a dig um, underneath the deck. And they found an area of soil that was six feet by four feet that had been disturbed. You, and they can tell that it had been disturbed because the striations in the dirt, just sort of like if you're looking at a cliffside and you can see the different levels of, throughout the different periods of different types of stone or whatever, just think of that shrunk down into the dirt. So you can see striations in the dirt as the soil from a clean cut, like if they, where they tested it and they can see what the striations look like. However, in this four foot by six foot area, the dirt had been disturbed and the striations were disturbed. There was also soil staining, which may or may not be from human decomposition liquids. 
So what the defense or the uh, prosecution is saying happened is that the body had been buried here. They'd wrapped it in maybe a tarp or something, and that's why the soil staining was in certain areas or was not as severe in certain areas because it had been, been leaking through and out from a certain location in the tarp. Yikes. So that also, I feel, is relatively... Not solid evidence, but that in combination with the cadaver dogs and then also in combination with he's drugged and raped these other women as well that have testified that that's all pretty all together. This kind of paints a pretty obvious picture of what happened. Yeah, yeah. You just kind of want to like destroy the motherfucker. I get it. Like the... um The prosecution said, like, oh, yes, this could be, you could consider this, like, to be coincidental. But there's just so many coincidences in this case that if Paul Flores is innocent and didn't do this, that he's got to be the most unluckiest guy in the world that all these coincidences point at him. You know? Yeah, that's that's pretty good. Jeez. And, and, so it the, sounds like they know exactly what happened, but then like, it's that, pretty <sighs> obvious what happened to me. Like, I have my theory, but it doesn't matter what my theory <laughs> Keeping is. Keeping that one close, huh? Well, no, I mean, I don't think that he killed her on purpose, but I think he did drug her and intend to rape her, and maybe something happened, things got out of hand. And she wound up being dead in one way or another. And now he panicked. What do I do? Calls his parents. And they instruct him to come over and bury the body under the deck. So that's why the father is also on trial for murder. Because he's complicit in this and helped cover it up. Supposedly. Allegedly. Oh, right. Like, even if he, it was intentional. Like, the story was he told his parents oh, it was an accident. So they tried to help him because they didn't want to. Yeah, okay. Huh. I guess it kind of explains it better. I was wondering how people could be so freaking insane as to Yeah. Like- oh, oh, and there like there's so many things leading up to this that have not been included. There's like a bunch of things that were not allowed to be included as evidence in this trial that the general public knows about but the jury does not know about. And if they knew all of this other information, there's no way that they could let this guy go. There's at least, I believe, 12 people that came forward saying that they had been raped by him. Huh. It's horrible. He, they also, when they raided his home, they found um, child pornography on his laptop. Jeez. This guy sounds like a real winner. So if he gets off, somehow that's been excluded from this trial. So my guess is once, if he is acquitted and gets off, that they're going to try him directly following this for that. Jeez. Or they may, they may do it anyway after this trial's over just to, like, put him in jail longer just so there's no hope. That what are they put in the water out there in Torrance? Originally, he was from Torrance. Yeah. He like, grew up in Torrance. So I'm was... saying, like, what's in the water that creates... But who else? <laughs> who else? One guy from Torrance. One guy. One guy. Out of all the people in Torrance, one guy. It's just scary when it crosses paths with your actual life. Right. Places you go. Yeah, the fact that, like, he's two or three years older than me. Three years. So all throughout school, he was always, like, just a little... Like, elementary school, we lived in different areas of Torrance, so we didn't go to the same school. But by junior high, we went to the same junior high. But I was still in fifth grade when he was in eighth grade. So by the time I was in sixth grade at junior high, he had moved on to high school. 
so I never was in school with him. So he was a serial rapist who liked to drug his victims. Yes. Yeah, that's pretty... Allegedly. Allegedly, right. Allegedly. The jury is in deliberations as of this afternoon, so maybe, I don't know, if tomorrow is wishful thinking too soon. I know jury deliberations could take a matter of like an hour or days. <laughs> Bless you. Thank you, thank you. Did you dox people on the podcast? That's what you're asking me right now? Yeah. Oh, it's not what we do here. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> There's other more appropriate places. Are we talking about a Nazi? They're murderers. Good start. Is there a bad move? It's because I, I get nervous when I'm on the mic, like, because I have to be, like, when we're just talking, and we're just talking, and then you can catch me more naturally. Catch me outside. You're recording me right now, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, actually, I need you to record like an interview with me about some things. What things? Not for right now. Not for the podcast. Oh, uh, well, let's talk about it on the podcast. I don't want to. Ooh. That's scintillating. What do you want to talk about? What do I want to talk about? I don't know. Let's talk about our upcoming trip. Yeah. We're going up north. We are going up north. I'm wondering if we packed, tried to pack too much into a week trip. No such thing. I think going to the Sierras and Pinnacles and Morro Bay all in one week. I think we probably, yeah, the Sierras should have been one thing, but you wanted to go to Pinnacles and I didn't want to stop. The campgrounds were like already booked for the weekend. Uh, That's why I didn't book it the whole time. I would have just done that, but it's it was okay. like Saturday night or Friday night. One of those nights was already booked. Like, they didn't have anything available. so it It'll like, be unique. I'm excited. It looks like a neat trip. I mean, it's still a different climate. Like, it'll be yeah. nice. I'm excited about the cave hiking. Yeah, hopefully that's open. We're going hopefully to Pinnacles National bats. Park, which has a couple of caves. Supposedly one of them might be open. We're hoping there's bats. Bats. It's bat season. Yeah. Must be the season of the bats. <laughs> Isn't it a season of the witch? Yes, it's the season of the witch. <laughs> also the bat. Alright. Also the bat. I'll second that. So yeah, what else are we doing? We're going to go we're going to see, see Bright Eyes. We gotta get our Bright Eyes plug in for this episode because we haven't talked about that yet. Oh yeah. That's true. Let's see Connor. And then we're going to see Sea Otters? We're packing a lot in. So, yeah, the, the the show is, I believe, on a Thursday night at the Madonna Inn in Slow. We're going to stay in Morro Bay that night, which is about like a half hour or so drive away. Make a quick trip in the morning to go see the Sea Otters out at the little uh, bay. Okay. Then jet over to the Sierras to go to 
our Airbnb there for a couple of nights. All right. And go up to Sequoia Kings Canyon National Park. See some nice big trees. Sounds wonderful. And then jet back up out to the Central Valley and up north a bit to Pinnacles, which I've never been to, so I'm kind of excited about that. I have no idea what to It expect. looks like that one trail is kind of rock climby, but without needing, like, chains, because there's, like, a fence you can, like, climb along. I haven't done a whole lot of research into it, other than I know there's lots of rocks and caves. It's a good rock climbing spot. And there's caves and bats. That's about all I know about it. It looks like, it's, yeah, a couple of good hikes. Like, how what, we got one whole day there, and then, like, half day or something? Yeah, so, like, we've got probably, yeah, like, a full day... Then the second day we is our drive home day, but like we don't, you know, we could get home at whatever time we feel like getting home. So yeah, it's gonna be great. We need a break. Living in the city takes its toll. Yeah, got a nice little walk today. Went to go get my hair cut. Where'd you get your hair cut? At Freebirds. You walked all the way over there on Pine and. Uh, Pine and 9th, 10th, between 9th and 10th. So I walked there and back. I walked past the tattoo shop and I was tempted to stop in and just get a quick little tattoo. How were you? Yeah. What were you going to get? I don't know. That was probably why I didn't stop. (laughs) Uh, I feel like I can't really plan it out. Like, if if I do finally get a tattoo, it's going to be very spontaneous. Like, if I plan it too much, I'll we'll just think about it forever and never do it. Tramp stamp that says Amazon. Now that would not be what I got. <laughs> <sighs> Property of Amazon. I might get, like, a little comment or something. Uh. Or the Falling Man cult tattoo. Or something else bright eyes related, but I'd have to that would have to plan out. You're gonna get a bright eyes related tattoo. Oh, or or the um don't let the bastards grind you down tattoo. You're gonna get some shit that you're gonna regret. Am I? I don't think you ever got the bright eyes. Why would I regret any of the other ones? I don't know. It gets a passing face. I don't think so. Oh <laughs> uh, shit, we're getting deep. Wait, are you talking about Bright Eyes being a passing face? No, the don't let the bastards grind you down. Oh. I feel like it could be a passing phase if I look at it as far as like a handmaid's tail tattoo, but it, it's a good like phrase in general, like just to kind of a good reminder. You know? Yeah. So I feel it's got longevity because of that. It's a good phrase. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're very much on this podcast on uh, whether we're not, we are or are not allowed to do things, say things legally. <laughs> very. We're getting into... Very much not about to lose money on this endeavor. Okay, so the direct quote from the defense attorney. She could have gone off and decided she wanted a different life. There are those cases where that happened. It's sad that Kristen Smart disappeared. And she may have gone out on her own. But who knows?
Really? You're fucking telling me she went to a party and she couldn't walk. Witnesses have reported that she could not walk out of there alone. She had to be carried practically all the way home and supported by two people. That somehow then she just decided two blocks away where Paul Flores allegedly left her that somehow she was able to just pick up and walk out of slow without anybody ever seeing her again or hearing from her again and without a shred of property to her name, no money, no ID, all that was left in her dorm room, no clothing, and just never contacted anybody ever again in 26 years and just picked up while completely intoxicated and couldn't walk and just, just somehow left without anyone seeing her. Where'd you go? Give me a fucking break. The audacity of this motherfucker. I mean, I guess this is his job, but like, I just don't understand how anybody can be a defense lawyer and like fucking argue these cases like this where the client is so obviously guilty and fucking look at themselves in the mirror and sleep at night. It is pretty awful. I can, can I, I can I slur the lawyer? Can I um, slander him? No, you can't slander anybody. I want to slander, especially not slandering a lawyer. (laughs) Yeah, I mean... I mean, that was a direct quote of his. My opinion on on his quote and his uh, demeanor, his character, I suppose. It's my opinion. It's very low. (laughs) It's very low. The bar bar is not high for such characters, but yeah. (laughs) He doesn't even meet your low criteria? No. Man... Yeah, it must be pretty awful. Not at all. Not at all. So what else we got? When's the verdict going to be coming? I don't know. How long will it take the jurors to deliberate? I would say they have to, like I said before, they have to find the two rape stories believable and find him guilty in those before they can even consider them as evidence to start deliberating on the main topic here which is whether he murdered Kristen Smart so I would say my guess is that it may be a couple of days but you never know maybe it's I don't know but my guess is a couple of days Jose is approaching with our order from Moonbulls that's lovely I guess we just gave a shout out to you. And Jose. Hopefully he's a good driver and delivery guy. That was not expected. That was a pretty good uh, sound check. I like it. There's a bird outside. So you had some Are we recording now? Like, you don't give me any, like... You tell me not to tell you, so no, we're not recording. <laughs> but I don't know. You know, want me to shut all this shit down? I, I do. This is just a sound check. <laughs> now you're lying to me. Now I don't know what to do. Oh, you remember what I was talking about? What was I going to talk about? Well, your computer oh, yeah, was on. on. It probably make too much noise. Huh? Your computer was on. It probably make too much noise. Probably did.
Should I plug in headphones? I'm not going to use headphones. This is going to be raw. Scam? I suppose so. I could start it from wherever. It doesn't really matter. All right. I was perusing uh, some news articles this morning and came across a, this interesting headline from uh, Forbes here. America's taco capital isn't where you think. Where would you think it would be? I don't know. Where would you think it would be? I would probably say probably somewhere Southern California, maybe Arizona, maybe Texas, but probably Southern California. I guess I'm kind of partial to Southern California myself, but where would you say? We're talking about the United States of America. Yes, the United States. Okay. I don't know, man. Maybe L.A.? All right. According to Forbes, according to Forbes, it's Kansas City, Kansas. Kansas City. Oh, they have more than fifty taco spots in their city. Don't more than more than fifty. You think they have barbecue tacos? I will admit I have not read the article yet, but I did read the comment section, and pretty much it's unanimous that this article is laughable. Fifty taco places is a laughable number for a large city. I could probably name 50 taco spots within a 10 block radius of my home. <laughs> I mean, yeah, just based off, what is that spot over there alone? The vegan taco joint we've been going to? La Brand? Taqueria Brand, Brand. yeah. That, that place? Oh, man. Like, Chef's Kiss. Yeah. I don't think they got a taco. We got Leo's. We yeah, got... there's so many, if you eat, there's so many good taco spots in LA. I don't know. I, I haven't had any Kansas City tacos. That's maybe where should, I'm like, like yeah, maybe I haven't had any Kansas City, but I just can't see. Facebook. Okay, maybe they got some good taco spots, but I cannot see them taking the claim as the taco capital of the United States. Maybe they're just trying to like create controversy. I give me Austin had good. Stay tacos, in your fucking lane tacos. with the steak and potatoes. All right, stay in your lane, oh, Kansas cold. City. Kansas City should have tacos. I, I think it's a good thing if Kansas City's got taco game. No, that's fine. They can have some good tacos, but they can't claim taco capital of the United States. That's all I'm saying. They got no 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 skin in the game on that they don't got a leg to stand on they can stick with their meat and potatoes like that'd be like like long beach claiming we've got the best steak best steak capital of, of steaks filet mignons Mwah. like i'm sure there's some great steaks you could probably get a filet mignon somewhere in long but beach. let's let's keep that to the midwest the midwest can stake their stake their claim on that oh my God. oh damn uh, <laughs> Where did we get started this morning? I hear the best seafood is also from Kansas City. Mm. They got the best. The sushi there is just to die for. <laughs> anyway. Okay, so what else you got? Was that it? That's about it. That's about it. No more rants? No more. Well, I don't know. So, guys. I have to say, I am quite impressed with El Torito. Now, I'm not talking about the quality of their food. That's a little questionable. I'm talking about their advertising, their grasp on the American public. 
So I'm getting on the freeway and I'm stopped at the light about to turn onto the freeway and I see this sign that says, lunch buffet is back. That's all the sign says on it. It has no logo, no name of a, like nothing else on it. Just that on the side of the building. And I was like, a split second thinking like, hmm, what restaurant is this? I think it's El Torito. Let me look and made a point to like look for the like sign somewhere else of what restaurant it was. And it was El Torito. The font alone somehow cued me in that this banner was for El Torito without a single other thing on it. So you're going to tell me about some music? Oh, man, am I? Man, I've just found, I've been waiting, kind of putting it off. And this morning I decided to finally play the uh, newest Fortet Essential Mix. Oh, my goodness. Fortet's going on tour. I know. Man. Every time it's like so expensive and I'm like. Ugh. Was it expensive? Are these like big festivals. Well, and, you don't have to go to a festival. He's playing like <sighs> local at the just. Like at the fondue Do you kind of think the festival is like the best way to see somebody like Quartet though? I saw there was like a rave, like a festival start where the show started at like, was it 11 or midnight or something? Or it was like an all night like. Yeah, because that's something I'm going to be able to pull off at my age. <laughs> yeah. I, I just thought it was fascinating. I'm like, I kind of feel like with Quartet, you want to see him for like hours. Like he just puts out so much music and it's so good. I don't know. Anyway, I, I thought that was good. I also discovered Synapsin. Have you seen me watching these Synapsin? Oh, I've videos? seen. I've seen. I don't know if that's that's not new music. I don't think, but it's new to me. Well, the big music news of the week. Drumroll. <laughs> Blink One Eighty Two. <laughs> the original lineup is back together. Well, not original, but the most popular lineup. Okay, so you ambushed me with the song the other morning. Yeah, so they released a new song. Um, new single. You asked me what I thought of it, and I so told I you played it, it. sounded like a crappy Blink-182. Old, old school style where we don't, we don't... I didn't tell you who it was. I just played it and said, listen to this song and tell me what you think about it. And I feel like you had the about the same... Uh, reaction as i did to it i think it's good it's like they actually got worse at their instruments i think <laughs> probably never play them and uh, to me that's like how do you do yeah like I mean, punk rock it's like this raw energy people that don't know how to play their instruments eventually you become like, you know, like modest mouse or some of these bands where you like you do actually know how to play your instrument because you've been playing it for 10 years or however long it is and like, yeah, maybe you have sort of an unorthodox, or an unorthodox way of playing your instrument or like Joe Stummer had the fucked up teeth and like kind of maintained his like punk rock cred or whatever. But like, realistically, the most punk rock thing you could do is get old, suck at what you're doing and come back and make songs that sound just like what you were doing back then. Like, we're going to do punk rock still. And like, yeah, it's poppy crap. And yeah, the songs are probably like produced and well written in the sense that they're probably like pretty catchy and like put together. But you could just hear that they're not like 
Yeah, I felt like the song game. was just like, okay, whatever. And Blink-182 for me is more of like a nostalgia thing, like high school, early 20s. Like, uh, I haven't really listened to Blink-182 in like probably over a decade. So, you're like, okay, yeah, fun, but is this what I really need in my life right now? I'm 42. These guys are in their 40s, maybe even 50 at this point. I don't know how old they are. Like, and they're just still playing, like, high school, like, fuck around song. <laughs> yeah. yeah um, I, don't I don't know. So it's like, okay, it was fine to listen to once, but I don't think it's something that's, like, gonna stick i think it's gonna die off real fast like that's just my opinion yeah like it's just pointless noise right like i can see maybe at the time they were kind of like influencing culture and like oh these guys are doing these kind of wild things that seem like it's pushing boundaries or something but like at this point okay whatever and like they obviously don't have any kind of like social commentary right it's not like they've advanced or like have some new sound that they're breaking boundaries with. It's sort of like the same as their old sound and their audience has grown up. The kids now are not listening to Blink-182. They're listening to this like mumble rap stuff. And like, that's like what's, the cool thing to listen to if you're a kid now, not Blink-182. I'm sure if you're like, you were like a huge fan back then, this is like a nice like... Right, exactly. And I'm not saying that I'm not... Okay, I'm not a huge fan, but I sure, I liked Blink-182. I've been to several Blink-182 shows. I fuck. I went for New Year's Eve to their show. I drove all the way down to I San mean, Diego to see they're them. They're kind of like Year's the hometown Eve. boys making good, right? Where was Blink from Orange County? I thought they were from San Diego area. Oh, uh, that's right. They're from down south. That's but probably I mean, why like, they played New Year's there. They're just always playing in this area when we were that age. And like they were kind of I saw like, them just down the street at the Long Beach Arena. Yeah. Day after 9-11. They had ties of like the local area. I don't, it, it's cringe now. I mean, I'll admit, I liked that shit when I was a kid. Like the real poppy punk and this kind of stuff was fun. It was fun. But, but it's like, it's kid music. That's why you liked it when you were a kid. Yeah, yeah. Like, but, I don't feel like they're gaining any new, you know, fans know, with this song. When it comes to like other bands like Agent Orange or TSOL or some of this stuff, it was kid music, but I feel like it sort of has substance and it stands the test of time. Or like even like the Cramps or like some of these bands... It's fucking good. But when you go back and listen to Blink-182, it's like, you might as well be listening to Avril Lavigne or something. Some just like pop trite shit. Like, it's like... He's even coming the class, for Avril. Like, I guess not... I guess I didn't really like that stuff as much when I was a kid. There was something bubblegum. There was something candy about I did not either. I mean, I could, could listen to it, but it wasn't like what I was gravitating towards at that time. I feel like it was on the precipice like blink 182 was before that because blink 182 was around like in the 90s like when i was in high school but like all these other bands you know like avril lavigne like that sort of stuff that was after i'd already graduated high school i was kind of on like the precipice of becoming you know of being an adult but yet still being a kid so it was like i was sort of putting out feelers in other directions and that's probably around the time that I started listening more like indie rock and that sort of genre. What about the Green Day? What about Green Day? Mm. 
I mean, I love I just Green feel Day like back they, in the day too, like high school. We can't Green really Day have this conversation been... without bringing up the Green Day. Are they just Green Day? I think they're, they're just the Green Day, Day, not the Green Day. <laughs> Green Day. I don't know. I do recall buying my brother a Dookie poster for uh, Christmas one year, and my mom made him take it down off the wall because she found it to be foul. <laughs> <laughs> what was their first one? Was Kerplunk, right? Kerplunk like, or okay. the sla- smoothed out slappy hours. <laughs> I think the Green Day saving grace for me was that they came out of, like, Gilman Street and all that stuff. So I guess you could argue that, like, Rancid was kind of sellout. Like, I just thought because they came from that whole scene that they got a lot of leeway for me as far as, like, being cool. You know? I, I mean, like, I remember ah. watching MTV and, like, seeing, like, Green Day video for the first time and being like, hmm, this is really interesting. This is something new and different to me. You know, I just, I, I remember, I can remember seeing, watching. And what was with the accents? It wasn't just them, right? Like, I think Blink kind of does it more like this oh very, like, gosh. stereotypically Southern oh, California Oh, I'm so accent, sorry. Right? That yeah, yeah. And then, like, Green Day with the fake English accent. It's like, I have no what idea. did he describe? It's like an American talking like a British guy trying to talk like an American or something. <laughs> like, it's like... Why did they think that was such a good idea? I guess they were trying to like recreate British punk rock or something. I don't know. Yeah. I don't, yeah. It's fun. Like I or like Rancid, it's like one song he's from like Brooklyn and then I like the next song he's <laughs> like what's going on here? It's fun. I always like dug like linguistics and dialect and things. So like at the time it was just like fuck you, we do this and I just kind of accepted that. But as why why you know what i mean like i like I, I get like with the clash the clash like kept their accent so i guess there's kind of a history right of like all these other bands would like change to sound like americans and the clash came along and they tried it and were like this fucking sucks and so they're just like nah we're just gonna sing in our like lower class like cockney like london accent or whatever <laughs> that's why they're great but maybe these bands like didn't I don't know, do you think they understood that and then that's why they were sort of like nodding to that? Maybe. I guess it's kind of the same with like Sublime, right? Where he's like singing in Patois all the time, but like most of the time it's just like Jamaican lyrics that he's covering. But there's all these like bands where these guys are trying to sing like they're Jamaicans and like that's the, it's like an extra levels because they're like the Rastas have their own dialect, right? So it's like a spiritual language or whatever. So if you're trying to like get into that culture you're gonna have to learn that dialect and if you don't speak jamaican standard english or even jamaican patois you're not going to understand the rasta which is like almost like an even deeper patois right so like how people communicate i guess it's just a way to set yourself apart you're like okay i'm gonna use this funny accent and people will notice me nobody else is doing this so it's like they learn the lesson from the clash but rather than, like, using the way they normally talked, which was just an American accent, nobody's going to stand out, they, like, went out of their way to fake a British accent. Deep thoughts. Deep thoughts. All right, so what else you got to tell you? Oh, it's been, a, a, like, a big music week this week. So in addition to the Blink single, we've got a new single from Lady Tron. So if you're not familiar with Lady Tron, they were kind of an electric electronic band you familiarized me with lady tron 
From probably like the early, from like the aughts. I have a very love-hate relationship with Lady Tron. And I always liked them. I wouldn't consider them like a favorite, but I always liked them and saw them live a few times. I believe they opened for The Faint. It's almost like a mood thing. Like I know they're really good and I like rank them with like hot chip in some ways. Like they do some stuff that's really epic. But I can't just like sit and listen to their music all the time. There's times where I'm just not in the mood and I just want to turn it off. I feel like, like it's more of like something I would put on when I'm like working on something and I just need some like music mm-hmm. going where it's not like I'm yeah, like focusing yeah. on the music. But yeah, it's too like abstract. It's better to let your mind wander while you listen to it than like focus on it. But it's got a good rhythm. It's more of a vibe. Yeah, like vibe yeah. Music. I could never, at first I like couldn't stand it. And then like the more I listened to it, the more I was, I really do like this. But then like there's times I'm like, oh, I like it now. I'll put it on. And I put it on and I'm like, nah, something else. Like it just doesn't, when you're in the mood to dance or anything like that, it just doesn't really do it. It's like. I liked the new single. I wouldn't say I loved it, but I liked it. I would say I'd take it over the Blink-182 single. Yeah. Do you know what the Lady Chan single was called? Uh, I believe City of Angels. City of Angels. So they're from LA? No. They're from like they're Australia or somewhere? Foreign. I don't know where. Foreign, maybe some kind of Swedish or I don't God know. God damn techno. Maybe I'll look it up since I'm talking about them. Maybe I should know where they're from. But I think, yeah, they're not not from the US. Nerds on their computers. Let's see. Lady Tron. Largely British. Okay, British. Largely British. So there's a possibility there's there's like a token Australian in there? I don't think there's any Australians. Australians? Was Swede? I I thought they were Swedish, but I guess not. Maybe they got like a Turk. They were formed in Liverpool. Liverpoolians? Liver... No, what is it? Oh, now I gotta look it up. Alright. Quality of podcasting. Is it Lilliputian? No. I have no idea. I know this one's weird. I think it's weird. Watch it something stupid. Demonym of person from Liverpool. What? Scousers? One one of the singers is um, Scottish, the lead vocalist. So... Okay, yeah, it's Liverpoodlian. Poodlian? Yeah. Okay, yeah, the other woman singer is Bulgarian. I knew Glaswegian. Liverpoodlian. Liverpoodlian? So, yeah, so I guess they were formed in England, but the, the two lead singers are not British. They're Scottish and Bulgarian. Scottish and Bulgarian? It's quite a mix. Bulgarians are Catholics? I don't know. Don't care. <laughs> don't care. <laughs> Maybe we should go to Bulgaria. Nope, not on my list right now. I like the idea of just picking random places. Just spin the globe and... I always wanted to do that. Yeah. Remember when we were going to go to Timbuktu? I do. <laughs> It's still on the, the bucket list. <laughs> on the bucket list. I don't know. Molly looks scary as fuck. We're not going to Timbuktu. 
I'd like to go to Africa first and sort of get my bearings before I try to go to the middle of fucking Mali. I think you should send a, a little email to Bald and send him to Timbuktu if he hasn't been already. Yeah, uh, it'd probably be down to go to Timbuktu. We what about, uh, what's his name, Simon? Is there any McDonald's in Timbuktu? I really doubt there's a McDonald's there. I don't know, maybe. The world's a crazy place. Should we Google Timbuktu McDonald's? No. <laughs> So, in other music news... Other music news? I thought you were telling me to cut. All right. Yeah, I changed my mind. In other music news, more bands. So, also yesterday, a new release from Red Hot Chili Peppers, their second new album this year. The Dream Canteen or something like that. Haven't listened to it yet. Got an honorable mention from Brooklyn Vegan, so I guess it can't be too bad. Um, I don't know. And another band that... Not original, but core members uh, reunited. I was not yeah. impressed with that latest video. John Frusciante rejoining the band. What was the name of that song you had me watch? Oh, The Tip of My Tongue. Yeah. The yeah little, I think like, that was the first single off this album. Trippy acid video, but it wasn't really great. It was just kind of... It was a little much, I felt. A little much. But that's... They're not chili peppers for you. They're a little much. Yeah, I mean, dude, it's cool. They can do their thing. People might like it. That's their trip. I don't have to, right? (laughs) But, uh, yeah, anyway, maybe I'll give it a listen sometime today. It's really hard for me to say that because it's like how much I used to be just in love with them. Like, I can't imagine going back in time, like 20 years, to be like, in 20 years... Red Hot Chili Peppers are going to release not one, but two albums in the same year. And you're going to not give a fuck. And you're not you're going to be like, maybe I'll get around to listening to it. Maybe. You know, that's just it. It's like there's some bands like that for me as well where I'm just not interested. And then there's some bands like I'll probably always put on like the Tough Gong records from Bob Marley, even like the old Upsetters, Lee Perry stuff. Like certain things that I listened to when I was young. I just will always go back to because it's just such fucking good music. But like, it's not, nothing's good enough that you can just play it forever. So you go through phases. Some of the stuff I listened to when I was young, I put it on and it's just cringe. I just like no desire. It's, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. I don't know if it's like I've matured as a person or as a musician or both or I don't yeah. know. You know. It's, it's like, kind of. I don't know, maybe I've settled down, I've gotten calmer in my old age, like, I don't need that, like, hyper Doesn't flick the switches. I mean, I still enjoy some really aggressive music, like, I put on Converge or something, my mind's just fucking blown. I'm not like, oh, I can't believe I ever listened to this. It's like, whoa, this is epic. I can't believe these guys have been doing this, you know, all their lives. I've always been blown away by what bands like that could do, but, like... I don't, like, hate it. It's not too much. It's not too aggressive. I don't have the same rage. Like, that music used to be more cathartic for me. Right. Like, I used to scream and yell when I was pissed off at, you know, girlfriend or parents or something. And, like, uh, it used to really help me. And now it's not so much that. It's more, like, something I look at with interest. Which I think it always was. I think that's kind of, like, the secret with life. Or not life, but, like, with art and music and stuff is, like... When you're depressed, if you listen to something sad, it's it becomes unhealthy pretty quick. It can be cathartic, but like you don't want to just listen to sad shit. And you definitely don't want to listen to happy shit because you're in a bad mood. 
I mean, you could focus on either or and try to snap out of it, whatever, but I think it's better to look for weird ass shit. Shit that just throws you so far out of your normal mindset that you like. I personally would like to listen to sad shit. Yeah. That's me. Yeah, you say that, but like, you might not see that it causes like a pattern of like unhealth. Oh, it does. 100% it it does, but that's what I would gravitate to. Yeah, I think that's probably natural for all of us is like, but I think a lot of people only see it. And I think I would wallow in it for a while. And then eventually I'll be like, okay. I think I was kind of the opposite. Like, I was in high school listening to a lot of, like, punk rock, which was kind of angry music, but not really sad music. And then I listened to a lot of, like, happy ska and reggae and stuff. So, like... I think in high school I wasn't angry yet. I was too naive to be angry. Mm. So, I didn't really get into the whole punk scene and everything. Yeah, I was like, I'm a teenager. I'm happy. You had a pretty good life. There was no reason to be I have a pretty, like, yeah, cush life. Nothing really wanting for anything. And... Lived in a predominantly, I would say, white and Asian neighborhood. There wasn't a whole lot of, like, struggle going on around me or police brutality. Any of these things that, you know, I would be angry about. And I had no interest in watching the news and learning about things outside of my little bubble that I was in. It was just like, I just want to go hang out with my friends and chill and have fun. So... Wasn't really angry. Probably didn't really get angry until I met you, actually. <laughs> I have that effect <laughs> you, on people. You brought, brought that into my life, that awareness of outside of my bubble, how fucked up shit is. <laughs> now I'm angry. So that I can't ignore it. Which, I don't know. I guess that's a good thing. Yeah, maybe I should be saying you're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> hey, life is such a trip. I don't know. Do we have anything else here? I'm, uh... Last, last music. Oh, more music. Release. Right. I told you it was a big, big Friday for music. All right. Uh, new, oh, not new, first release, probably only release album from Plains, which is uh, Katie Crutchfield from Waxahachie and Jess Williamson. And they teamed up for a little duo album. And I've heard a couple singles off it already, which were Pretty good. I liked him. Pretty solid. Waxahachie feels like gimmicky or something to me. I don't know. No, Waxahachie is so good. All right. So good. They're definitely one of my top albums. I feel like they're going to be like a flash in the pan. That like they're going to be kind of big for a little bit. And then like maybe not one hit wonder, but like I see them. What are you talking about one hit wonder? I'm just saying. Which which one's the one hit? I'm not saying they're necessarily literally a one-hit wonder, but I see them as like a flash in the pan. I don't see them having staying power. They feel gimmicky to me. I don't know why. I don't. I, I guess I have to listen to it and like analyze it deeper. Something about them strikes me as being just kind of eh. like it's good and it's very catchy. And when you first hear it, you like it. But it's like the opposite of like substantive music that sometimes you don't like the first time you hear, like Modest Mouse or something. Where what are you like, talking about? I you just, have a totally different take on Waxahachie than I I do. guess so. Maybe totally I, different I also probably have a much less, like, much less experience with their music. You probably heard them a lot more than me. So I'm just talking out of my ass, really. Yeah, I would say Waxahachie, a, one of my favorite album releases from 2020. I'm going to start beef with Waxahachie. And I just love Katie Crutchfield's voice. It's very unique. And Get it together, Katie Crutchfield. And Get some substance. 
I think she's got a lot of substance. I don't know anything about this person. Wow. wow. <laughs> she probably has these like deep, insightful, meaningful lyrics. Yeah, you, like, I feel like you might need to listen to Waxahashi to be talking shit on Waxahashi. Get it together, Waxahashi. Anyway, Planes album that came out yesterday, which I have not given a listen to yet, but I'm looking forward to listening to that one. Definitely more than the Chili Peppers album. The Chili Peppers album is going to be kind of a chore, I think, where this one will be a, a little a joy. They got to say that, that if the name of the group is anything to go on, what what is Waxahachie? Is that like her name, her given name? No, it's a city, I believe, in Texas that she's from. Waxahachie. She's from mm-hmm. Waxahachie. Mm-hmm. So she named her band after Waxahachie? Apparently. Huh. All right. So is it like a native word? I believe so. Oh, okay. Sounds it. It doesn't sound like it came from the British Isles. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> start talking the kitty decides to scratch the post oh yeah i know i got up at 9 30 or sorry 8 30 but really it's 9 30 and it was glorious yeah it was pretty nice amazing i was able to get a little bit of music in do a couple extra things i'm not as sleepy i still have plenty of time before i gotta go to work it's lovely so you, you sort of shocked me. You were saying that we're going to do away with daylight savings time. So this is what I heard. I'm not sure how much truth there is to it. But I've heard that daylight savings time is permanently going away. That we have one more clock change in the spring and then it's done for good. Wow. You know, like, it's weird because if you had asked me, like... Before telling me this, I probably would have been like, I don't really give a crap. It doesn't matter. Although I am enjoying no, today. It I want sucks it, when you have... I that. want it to be like daylight savings, like just the fall kind, like the fall back all the time. So we just fall and back. And no going forward till we're completely reversed and we like live our lives during the nighttime. <laughs> we and should just have like fall back days every month. Day drinking would be perfectly acceptable. Wait, it's not? <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah. So, yeah, so I read that they're getting rid of daylight savings, but for some reason, like, the government has to, like, approve it first. Like, even though it's already been approved by voters, they have to, like, pass legislation for it, and, like, they're, it's get, it keeps getting held up, and it, it the bill expires in December or something, and if they don't pass it by then, then we're screwed, and we have to, like, redo everything. It's like... What's the holdup, guys? Like, what's the decision? What's the legislation that has... Like, just done. Okay, let's... Well, I, I had mentioned farmers, and you got... You were very riled up. Mm. It was definitely Yeah, so farmers. the farmer thing is just like a, a rumor. It's propaganda. It has nothing to do it's with farmers. Rumor. Farmers Farce. actually don't like the daylight savings time. They don't. No. 
So they're like, so they're really pissed off when they hear this rumor. Yeah, so they're the like, farmers are, are against it, actually. It's Why actually they... started because of, during wartime, because you, it was a fuel initiative to save fuel because people would like be burning candles and burning fuel like sources during dark hours or using heat and things like that. Okay. So if they made daylight go later or something like that, then you would use less fuel and they could save it for war efforts. Okay. And so they just never switched it back afterward. They were like, oh, this is effective. Or this is efficient I or something. I guess I doesn't make much sense to me. It seems to me that the daylight, it's still dark at a certain point of time. Is it better for, like, trade, maybe? Because, like, most countries do it. Do most countries do it? I think so. I don't know about other countries. I thought it's it was China. just a crazy U.S. thing. China. No, I'm pretty sure other countries China. do it. Mexico no, I thought China was just one time zone. China is just one time zone, but does the time... It doesn't make any back. sense, then, if they fall back or not, because their time... <laughs> On one end of China to the other end of China makes no sense because it's like completely different, like daylight times, but the same time. All right, this is a very unresearched topic. Let's see. I'm trying. Well, you started it before I had my research pulled up. All right, well, I'll pause it for a second. So now I'm just rambling incoherently while I'm trying to find the thing about the farmers. All right, well, then we'll give it a little interlude. Interlude? A little interlude, yeah, that's what I'm saying. A little interlude. And we'll be back with some answers. Okay, we're back. We got some answers. So I was sort of wrong. Sort of Of wrong on what? China. China? China used to use daylight savings time. They've switched to no longer using it. Yeah, they got wise before they the got U.S. Wise. Imagine that. I don't oh. know, because India, China, and Japan, they're saying, are the only, like, uh, Same major industrialized, is what they're calling it, countries that do not observe some form of daylight savings time. It looks like pretty much most of the world does, except the band around, like, the Caribbean, like, the African countries. I feel like it's a bad thing because it throws off your sleep schedule. It's bad. Like, routine is best for having a good night's sleep for people like me that don't sleep. It's, like, very important to keep a routine. And when your circadian rhythm is interrupted by being forced to, like, all of a sudden, five is four, five is six, and, like, what the heck's going on? Um, it throws off your sleep schedule and it like I know for one like I like fall back obviously because I'm like oh I get to sleep in and I catch up on my sleep and I feel great and then I'm like product more productive but when I have the opposite in the spring it screws me up for weeks on end like to get even just an hour off to like get back into that routine and I feel like it's not healthy it's not a good thing. Like, why do we do this to ourselves? So I was reading this this right here in this Daylight Savings Time website. I don't know why this exists, but somebody's just obsessed with Daylight Savings Time, apparently, but it's awesome. So that while the adoption of Daylight Savings Time is almost always rife with controversy, most of the world, except for countries around the equator, equator has implemented DST at one point or another. 
This map depicts countries that have currently... Okay, blah, blah, blah. So... It just, like, rife with controversy sounds a little silly to me, but it sounds like you actually... Rife with... Uh, you're somebody that can sleep any time of day like a fucking baby, so you don't care. People it's like me Not controversial care. to me, no. I mean, isn't it... I do feel like it's nicer to wake up when it's light out. I mean, I just wish that it could just be summer all the time, where it's light in the morning and at night. That'd be ideal, but... Yeah, it's easier to wake up in the morning, I will admit that, if it's already light out, or if it's the sun is rising with you kind of thing, or it's getting lighter. When it's still dark out and you have to wake up, it's difficult to tell your body it's time to wake up. What was the seriously wrong where they wanted to, like, abolish, like, Wednesdays was it they were going to start with, and then, like, move on to abolishing them? I think I'm more for, like... Shortening the work week by like a couple of days. A couple of days. I think that's ideal. We could like break it up so that you don't. I mean, I'm for just going back to hunter gatherer scavenging. <laughs> that's more my ideal. Like, we just, just you can sit around as much as you want as long as you are able to scavenge enough food for your survival mm. and build yourself a little hut and whatnot. And then okay. you could do whatever you want with your time. I see you really enjoying that life. I would. Uh-huh. <laughs> I would really enjoy it. I believe it. I'll weave myself a little basket out of pine needles, which I forgot to go back and buy the little pine needle weaving basket kit at the store at the Pinnacles National Park, but I'm sure I could find one online that I can order. I'll learn to weave myself a little basket and I'll take it to go mushroom foraging. Now you're going to live off mushrooms and berries? Mm-hmm. Mm. Kill an occasional elk or deer. Maybe. Wrestle them. I feel like I'm more okay with that. Like if you're really, it's not factory farm deer. Imagine if the American Indians like figured out factory farming and they had the deer corralled and they were just picking them off. Anyway. <laughs> they probably did use like fire and stuff to run them off cliffs and do that kind of stuff, right? You think? I don't know. I don't think they'd really want to like have more than they needed because that would right. be a like, waste. Plus, right? they were like more of a nomadic type. A lot of those tribes. So, like, what are they going to do? They can't store them. I think that's more of a myth than you realize. What do you mean, the nomadic? Uh huh. Some tribes were. It depends where they were located. Yeah. Like obviously, the cliff dweller ones in Arizona were not nomadic. Obviously not. This is like kind of hard to pack. Really spun out. We started out with daylight savings. (laughs) We ended up with uh, anarcho-primitivist Natalia over here (laughs) fantasizing about (laughs) leaving the modern world. Oh, it's fine. It's fine. It was enjoyable. I'm glad that that it spiraled to that point. The dream. (laughs) Living the dream. I mean, you, you could just go be, like, homeless. There's, like, camps, right? Well, no, I don't want to be a homeless, like, in the city. I want to go to the into the wild. Into the wild. Um, anyway, back to uh, Daylight Savings. Oh, we're not done. Okay. We, we got off daylight top. Savings. The train went off the, off the rails there. Um, so, yeah, the farmers, in fact, are against Daylight Savings. So there's, like, this myth that it's, oh, because of the farmers. They're actually against Daylight Savings because it throws off you speak for the farmers now? Their routine. Yes, I'm their representative, <laughs> elected representative of all farmers. 
They say, (coughs) if the cow is used to getting milked at 5 a.m. and now the cow needs to be milked at 4 a.m., the cow is not going to comply. Or maybe the cow has not produced the milk yet. I don't know how cows work. (laughs) But it's going to throw off the cow's routine. And it's going to make it more difficult for them. Anyway. So you just got to slowly, like, change the time. You got to just keep milking it. You got to just, okay, now I'm milking it this time. And then slowly, like, ease your way to the new time, right? Yeah, so, in fact, farmers oppose daylight savings time. This is all you got? That's all I got. The cow's milking? Uh, um, well, you once again started the thing before I really read through the article to get proper information. So oh, I feel like man. we should scrap this entire thing. I like it. I think you're riled and up. And start it over good. again because I feel like I was it's really unrealistic at this point. I've um, got a lot of doubt. Did I talk about the, the, the wartime on the pod? Yeah, the wartime. But did I record it? Yes, you recorded it. You? No, you told it on the pod. Okay. I'm pretty sure. I don't think we did. I think this whole thing needs to be redone. Is that what you think? Yeah. Cut. Cut.